My guest today on Oh Oscar is an absolutely fabulous comedian. She's a great friend of mine. We've performed all over the city. She's performed all over the country. Definitely a rising star in the comedy scene. She produces her own show, Buy Me Dinner, returning this September, which is an absolutely stellar show. She is the co-host of an absolutely hysterical podcast called What the Fuck's Up?, Please welcome Nina Barnett. Thank you so much. I am honored to be here. <laughs> this is her 17th intro. I just want you to know. So her enthusiasm has literally gone down about 75%. I really am excited to be here, though. I just yeah. want to reiterate for whatever take is chosen. I am thrilled to be here. It's an honor. Yeah. I'm so happy to have you. We performed at Broadway. We performed at Greenwich together. We performed at a, a lot of the clubs. And every time I see you, it's always such a pleasure. You are a delight to work with. You are a really great producer. And so I'm honored to have you. And I'm actually honored to be a friend of yours. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that's the only nice thing I'm going to say to a woman for the next month. So (laughs) my community service is done. I'm honored to be the September woman. Yeah. Yeah. The September (laughs) issue. (laughs) (laughs) The one nice thing. The one nice thing I say. Um. No, I really appreciate it. She actually does host a really fun podcast called What the Fuck's Up. I was on it. And when I tell you, <laughs> we had such a ball. What did. episode was that? What number episode was that? So I actually came on to the show as a co-host for this season, which is season three. So before that, that was like one of the first, probably the third episode of season three. And it was our first in-person ever so we were like just kind of going in blindly like figuring it out and when i tell you if first of all if people haven't listened like not even to not even to like (laughs) not even to act like i'm trying to promote the podcast it is one of the funniest episodes of any podcast that I've ever, uh, when we were editing it, I couldn't stop laughing. My dad called me and he said, I pulled the car over to laugh at this episode. <laughs> so it's a 10 out of 10. It's incredible. It was so much fun. We My, my bucket list has always been to make daddies laugh. <laughs> it has always been my bucket list to make straight daddies laugh. There you go. Yeah. It's on the top of my list. Succeeded. The fact that I made a straight daddy pull his car over (laughs) to laugh is, I would say, probably the biggest highlight of my career. I mean, it's iconic. Yeah. Genuinely. Yeah. I want everybody to know that. That 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 doesn't always happen. Thank you very much. (laughs) All right. We're going to get to know Nina a little bit. We're going to do two truths and a lie. So our listeners get to hear... Two truths, one lie, and I will try and figure out what the lie is. Now, my batting average for guessing correctly is probably one out of 100. So you've got a good pretty chance Mm -hmm. of being able to say all lies or all truths, and I will get every one of them wrong. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Let's see. Two truths and a lie. Yeah. So, okay. Number one. Yeah. I once faked that I lost my voice for eight days after a Hannah Montana concert. 
my <laughs> my second item phrase sentence would be I successfully sold over a hundred dollars of seashells at the beach. Okay. And my third item would be I have successfully climbed Mount McKinley in Alaska. I'm not sure if this is two truths and a lie or just you bragging about every (laughs) fucking thing you've done. So let's recap. It's you faked losing your voice for eight days after a Hannah Montana concert. You sold a hundred seashells for money. And then you... you climbed Mount Kinley in Alaska. McKinley, yeah. McKinley, Kinley, same thing. Yeah, same thing. So it's in a, wherever Alaska is. Um, it's somewhere over there. Uh, I'm going to say the lie is... <laughs> I feel like you're a very good salesperson. So I'm going to say that you faked... Losing your voice for eight days after a Hannah Montana concert. You're going to say that's a lie? Yeah, that's a lie. That's true. Is it really? Yeah. Why did you fake okay, losing hear me your out. voice? Hear yeah. me out. So I did kind of lose it the first day. Yeah. And I had a little whiteboard and I was like, oh, this will be so cute. I will have a little whiteboard and everyone will have to write things on my little whiteboard because obviously I always want to be the center of attention what and whiteboard? Where is this whiteboard? It was like a, it was a shape of a cow, but it had a whiteboard in the middle. I'm not sure why, but I had it. And so I brought it to school uh-huh. and everybody started writing little notes. And I was like, this is incredible. I'm getting so much attention. So I proceeded to lose it for eight days. And then I accidentally spoke on like the eighth day and someone was like, wait, oh my God. And I was like, oh my God, it's back. Like miraculous recovery. <laughs> And thus started <laughs> Nina Barnett's acting career. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. Okay, so that's true. Uh, the lie is, I mean, you sold 100 seashells by the seashore? <laughs> <laughs> I hate people who do that rhyme. Uh, is that true or it's false? true. I really? sat out at age like my parents will never let me forget this. They were like, we watched our child sit in front of the beach house and sell seashells from the beach. And did anybody buy any? Yeah, I sold like over a hundred dollars. Are you serious? My parents were like, I hate this kid. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, because there first of all, I was collecting shells that had come from the beach but were in our house. So I didn't even go on the beach to get the shells. I just collected the ones that were scattered as decor. Yeah. And then sold them in our front yard on the beach. That is fabulous. Yeah. So you have not climbed then Mount McKinley. No, I have not. Okay. I, I've climbed some mountains, but not that. I know. You've climbed a few mountains, which are... <laughs> Acts like he knows me. <laughs> no, I've only I climbed know the Homer. mountains that she's climbed. I'm Allegedly. wanting her to say it. Allegedly. No, I the only like impressive mountain I've climbed is Kilimanjaro. That's very impressive. Thank you. Thank you. You know, you fl- that's where in Africa, right? Yes. And you're flying to Africa to climb a mountain. That's not like 
an aggressive take. You know, yeah. it's not doing the uptick turn of Central Park North. No, which is still tough, though. It's still tough. <laughs> it's still, still tough. I think if I were to ever do Mount Kilimanjaro, that is how I would practice by just, just climbing repeatedly. up, walking up the north part of That's Central Park. That's kind of what it's like, honestly. It's really not as hard as people think. Really? But it's like gives. Really? No, I'm serious. Really? I mean, the altitude's tough. Like, you can't fuck with altitude. But right. can I cuss on this? What? Can I cuss? I'm just making sure. We have 27 <laughs> listeners. <laughs> I don't know. Last month, we had 26. That's good odds. It's going up. I got, you know what? Positive attitude. Positive. Positive attitude. We got one more listener than last month. That's progress. Progress. Yes, you can cuss. Okay, amazing. Yes, no, what I was going to say is altitude fucks with everybody. You can be an Olympian and it'll fuck with you. But it's really just a walk at high altitude. Really? Yeah, like kind of little known fact. You really don't have to do anything technical at all. But it's kind of a great thing to say on your resume. Oh, yeah. Do you use it in your comedy? I haven't figured it out 100% yet. Like I'm working on something that's like about what actually being breathless is and something about how guys don't know what like being breathless is like um, or like what it looks like if a girl is out of breath. Like guys don't know that. But so I'm like working on something there. Yeah, can't help you there, sweetheart. <laughs> I know what it's like when men are taken away, taking their breath. O- what is it? Their breaths taken out. Breath taken it? away. Take their breath. I no, don't know. it's breath taking. T- bre- t- breath took. Breathtaking. <laughs> I was like, are you looking? I for know what it's like when men find me breathtaking. There you go. There we go. But yeah, no, I haven't figured they out don't. a way to. They don't. <laughs> <laughs> And straight up. (laughs) Men have never said that about me. Oh, my God. He's breathtaking. No. Well, no one's ever said that about me either. Oh, you're breathtaking. I think you're breathtaking. Oh, my God. See, that's what friends are for. Now, all right. We're going to talk a little bit about your background in comedy and how you kind of got to get started. So why did you choose the path of comedy, Nina? So I grew up performing just Uh in general, um, you know, like theater and then film and all the different things and kind of had always been trying to like tell funny stories with my family and was good at that and honestly just like tried it out once and kind of just I had no friends. I was living in San Francisco and genuinely I'm not kidding. I had not one friend. Yeah. And so I was like, I'll just take some type of class Ended up taking a stand-up class and was like, oh, this is great. I mean, I was horrible at my jokes, but I was so comfortable on stage that people were like, we think it's funny because you think it's funny. And I was like, well, that needs to be improved. <laughs> I was like, thank you. But it, it was nice because, you know, in the earlier stages of my career, instead of like really hard bombing because my jokes were terrible, it was just like a light bomb. What's the difference between a hard bomb and a light bomb? Hard bomb people get off stage and they're like, I'm quitting. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, that's, that's like three times a week. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, no, that's because my mental health has gone down the shitter. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I was like, what comic has ever had a full week where they're like, I am going to just 
Do it. Netflix is coming soon. Yeah. Usually after how it goes is you'll have one show where you'll do really well. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to make it. And then you do the second <laughs> show and you're like, I should, should quit. just tell them to never book me again. <laughs> no, honestly. I mean, that was the advantage. though. Was I, I mean, I look back on it. I did like a half hour in my first six months of comedy. Are you serious? Dead ass. Did I have, I never want to see the video from it. If it's anywhere, anywhere in the cloud, it needs to be erased. Can I tell you something? <laughs> I was like four months into comedy <laughs> and my friend who is a DJ asked me to perform on a gay cruise, Atlantis Cruise Lines. <laughs> He's like, can you do 45 minutes? And I was like, um, of course. <laughs> And uh, little did I know, I actually had to do 45 minutes. I thought it was just like a loose 45. Mm. I get on the cruise and it is one of those cruises, like gay cruises. (laughs) Let me say this. Gay cruises are so different than straight. Have you been on a cruise? No, they kind of scare me. You've never been on a cruise? No, I'm like If so you're ever going to go on a cruise, go on a gay cruise. I was going to say that that feels like organized chaos, but in the best way. So fun facts about gay cruises. Number one, they usually run out of liquor the third or fourth day. Adds up. Because, you know. <laughs> Number two, a lot of the staff have to use rubber gloves to take off the bed sheets. Mm. That's no lie. Not shocking. Number three, as a new comic on these <laughs> cruises, four people out of 2,000 guests will come and see your 45-minute set. <laughs> oh, that's so depressing. <laughs> it was actually amazing because I had no material. <laughs> and they stayed. They stayed for the 45 minutes. And I was like, that's you so guys nice. love me. And they're like, we didn't want to go see the other show. <laughs> yeah. We are going to move on to the next portion where I get to ask my guests about their first gay experience. So, Nina Barnett, what was your first gay experience? Okay, and so to clarify, this is like me personally. Like- right, and it doesn't have to be sexual. It can be helping a friend come out. It can be, you know, when you made out with a girl in college. It can be experimenting, etc. Yes, love all the things. I would say very first, probably in middle school, because in high school I went to theater camp. So, um, <laughs> but- so it was just you and a bunch of gay men. <laughs> so much. that technically was your first gay experience. Yeah, that was like that was like gay extreme. Like we're talking the fact that all of the men were in one area for sleeping arrangements. We were all the girls were always like, this is so annoying because there would be like 90% of all of the guys at theater camp were gay. Well, yeah. And which a lot of them are famous now and they're not out. And it's hilarious. But what? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. That's the D. I'll tell you about that off the air. Wait. But, so give me names and I'll bleep it out and it'll be amazing. Okay. Very gay. They have this very serious girlfriend and it's like, oh, that's interesting because I ran into you like sucking a dick. (laughs) That's hilarious because they would always do it in the mornings. This was the thing at theater camp. The only time the counselors weren't doing anything was in the mornings. And so that's when people would go on runs. I like was insecure so I was going on runs to go on a run everybody else was going on runs and hooking up 
but I didn't know this because I'm like this little kid from the South. And I was like, hey, y'all. And you're like running by two men. Literally like in a, like one's on the stage. One's like kneeling off the stage. Like, I mean, you can't make it up. And I'm like, oh, OK. And if this is not gay theater camp. <laughs> and this is like why very they normal. Just call it gay theater camp. I mean, they're like, we're going to theater camp. No, just call it gay theater camp. It was just the funniest thing to me because it was like all the guys were in one building and they were like, no girls are allowed in that building. I'm like, they don't want us. <laughs> it doesn't matter at all. Like, oh, all the goodness. girls are like, why isn't this co-ed? And all the men are like, ew, get out. Literally, there was like always one token straight guy who would be like every girl's love interest. Everyone was always obsessed because it was the only option. It was really special. But that was, I would say that was like. That's first, a very gay experience. That was first like very Theater intense. Camp. But in middle school, one of my friends came out to me, one of my guy friends. Really? Mm-hmm. And he, it was one of those things where everyone thought he was gay. Right. And I did theater with him. He also played football. And he texted me or no, Facebook messaged me one day and was like, hey, I just want to let you know that I'm gay. And it was so matter of fact and out of nowhere that I literally was like, who stole your phone? I was like, what are you talking about? And he was like, no, like I wanted you to know you wanted to be one of the first people I told that I was gay. And I was like, Okay, I'm going to need you to verify your identity. I literally didn't believe him because I was like, first of all, why did you Facebook message me? And then I saw him like two hours later and he was like, no, that was me. And I was like, okay, what was up with the Facebook thing? And he was like, I don't know, it just seemed like the right place to do it. And I was like, okay. And he became the greatest person ever. And now he's like absolutely crushing it and lives in New York and is a performer and just like doing the best. He was Who very- is it? Um, his name is Ahmad. He goes by like Saint Ahmad now. Oh, okay. What yeah. does he do? He's a singer and a dancer and like produces music and crushes. Obviously the right path for a homosexual. Oh yeah. No, he crushes it. Yeah. And but so did he so did he tell you why he chose you to come out to? I think it was because A, I was like in theater. So and also I've I mean, in the South, obviously, it's a very interesting environment in general. But I think be I just give off the vibe of like I would never. There's no reason to like judge anyone for anything un unless they do something actually like insane. I think there is something when you are not ready to come out of the closet or ready to come out of the closet about finding someone that you feel comfortable with. Mm -hmm. Because people who still do come out of the closet have a very tough time. It's yeah. not always easy. Oh, uh, yeah. you know. And I will say having someone where you know they aren't going to judge you yeah. is really important because – a lot of times coming out of the closet is not a response driven yeah. statement. Yeah. It is a declaration of who you are. Yeah. So it's like I'm coming out of the closet. This is who I am. And it's there's no response needed. Mm -hmm. You're declaring something about yourself. Yep. And I think that is something that he probably saw in you was that you were you were the person who was just gonna listen. And not respond yeah. in a way that would make him feel uncomfortable about it. Yeah. 
I mean, it is. We do laugh about the fact that I like straight up didn't believe him for probably twenty minutes because I was like, no, this is not you. I made him like unleash some of our darkest secrets because I was like, I really need verification. And then I was like, oh my god, I'm so happy for you. <laughs> I was like, I was like, I'm just gonna like make sure. But all, mostly because I was like, what if someone's like fucking with him? Like, yeah. then I would be really pissed. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So, uh, but yeah, that theater camp probably the combination of the two would be. God, the theater camp. It's just, you really can't. They had theater camp in the South? Oh, absolutely not. I came up to the North. I was going to say. It would be very interesting in the South and probably not very good. <laughs> not very good. Not very good. <laughs> no. Nope. But it was fun to go as a Southerner. <laughs> I would love to see an <laughs> amateur rendition of Romeo and Juliet in a gay Southern accent. <laughs> Can you imagine it? Like, Romeo, oh, Romeo, what fourth are out thou? <laughs> Is that Southern? Kind of, yeah. That's good. I'm trying. No, yeah, I'm trying to think. There'd be like, oh gosh, they'd have to change so much. I mean, the South, of, the funniest thing was theater productions growing up. They would always change like rogue things. And you're like, what? <laughs> what? What do you mean by rogue? Like things that really didn't need to be changed, but they were like worried could be a little, you know, Controversial? Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's just so, yeah. I don't do a lot of impressions. I, you know, I don't do a lot of impressions. I don't like it. I always feel like I look stupid. There is one impression that I'm very good at. Jewish grandmother? No. Also, where did you get that at? Because <laughs> I sound like a Jewish grandmother sometimes. <laughs> yes. When I walk in the door at Greenwich Village Comedy Club, I'm like, oh my God, hello. <laughs> hello, everybody. How are you? Literally all the that's time. How, every time. That's how I Inter- enter every single mm-hmm. comedy club. I'm yep. like, hello, how are you? <laughs> hello. Hello. But I do a gay Sean Connery. Oh, let me hear it. You want to hear it? Mm-hmm. So this is my impression of gay Sean Connery. I'm gay Sean Connery. I don't know why. I thought you were going to like just say a sentence. But instead it was just the statement. I'm working on a line. But that's what we got for now. That's what we got. That's That's what we got. That's fine. That's what we get. That's fine. Yeah, I'm trying to think if I do any impressions. Honestly, it just depends. I used to do a really good chipmunk voice. A chipmunk voice? Yeah, like, I know I can say the word apple. Like, apple? A little apple? <laughs> do you want an apple? <laughs> you know, like the chipmunk songs, like, Christmas, Christmas time. <laughs> I have it on my resume, You don't ass. do this on stage, do you? <laughs> no. Okay, good. Can you imagine? No, it's on my resume, though. It literally says, shit my voice, just in case. Just in case. Just in case, like, you know, the next season of Sex in the City is like, we need a shit Yeah. <laughs> Get out. <laughs> Get out. All right, thank it's you so much, shocking Nina. Shocking that I'm single. I hate you so much. <laughs> I mean, what man would not want a Hello. girlfriend who could do a chipmunk voice. Yeah, like on the dick. Hello. <laughs> What's up? How's Tinder going for you? Thank God I'm not on Tinder, but I'm on everything else. Okay, good. Uh, Nina Barnett, thank you so much for sharing your first gay experience. Love that. That is amazing. We're going to move on to 
Dick's appointed where you get to tell a wild, crazy, and possibly embarrassing hookup story. So, Nina Barnett, do you have a Dick's appointed story for the listeners? Yes. Yeah. Can I give two? As long as they're under 20 minutes. Great. Yeah. The first one was in my youth. Yeah. And so, it was the first time I gave a hand job. Okay, are you ready for this? Yeah. I thought, again, the South doesn't teach you a lot. <laughs> I thought when a guy came, it would shoot out so fast, it would like essentially be a volcano. Right. So, understandable. Right. So, I was in a resort bathroom at age 12. And... <laughs> <laughs> he was the same age, yeah, right? Yes. Okay, good. Um, Jesus Christ. My parents were like sipping pina coladas by the pool. <laughs> and I may take that out, <laughs> just so you know. <laughs> and I, when I tell you, was giving this hand job from about the farthest I possibly could away with still having my hand on it. Yeah. Because I genuinely thought it was going to hit me in the face. Yeah. And somewhere I had heard that if come hit you in the face, it could blind you. Okay? The South. Okay? This is what they tell you in school. And so I was literally like this in a bathroom stall. If you are a girl in the South (laughs) growing up right now, get you a gay friend. (laughs) Get you a gay friend. Because... If anyone ever tells you that you are going to go blind by getting (laughs) semen on your face or near your eye, you are dead wrong. Does it sting? Absolutely. Does it burn? (laughs) Hell motherfucking yes. Are you going to go blind? No. You're not going to go blind. You know what? Get a gay friend. Keep going. I could have used one. Yeah. So um, obviously that didn't happen. Right. Kind of just sputtered out. And I was so shocked that I literally said, oh, what's wrong with your dick? (laughs) I also, at the beginning, had said out loud, oh, it's so much smaller than I thought. (laughs) Tough. Tough. You are just... Tough. She came out like a wrecking ball. (laughs) I was a slut for like a long period of my childhood, and then it just like plateaued for a while. Yeah. It's like really special. All right. We are going to move on to the last portion of O oh Oscar, and that is the Gay DHD Wheel of QA. So you are going to spin this bitch, and then we're going to answer some questions. So go ahead. Wait. Otherwise, <laughs> spun it. <laughs> Men, Jesus. No, right? <laughs> we just take it away from the woman and just were like, no, we'll do it. I was like, I didn't even have a chance. Yeah. Okay. Spin it hard. All right. Question number 13. Okay. Now, if you could write an autobiography about your life, what would it be called? Okay, okay. It would be She's a chill girl, but there'd be a little up carrot and it would say not. 
So it'd be like I tried to be chill. There probably needed to be a subtitle too. But. You should never <laughs> go into advertising. I love you. But uh, but then it'd be a pink cover. So everyone would buy it. Reiterate. <laughs> should never go in to advertising. All right. Spin it again. <laughs> Just spin the fucking wheel, Nina. <laughs> Eight. Mm-hmm. Okay. So if you could lose your virginity to a celebrity, mm-hmm. who would it be? Joe Jonas. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. Can In, you... Uh, can I'll back w- it up. I'll back it up. A. I heard he's got a nice piece. I've heard that too. Yeah. He's got a nice piece. And like, he can sing. Yeah. Not that that's generally incorporated, but still. Right. He's also funny, which I appreciate. Right. And I love I love good eyebrows. Yeah, but the thing is, he doesn't grow a beard. He's gonna he's got a baby face. Trust me, I don't need beards anymore. Oh yeah, that's true. <laughs> she is done I'm with good. beard. She's like, I'm done. I'm, I'm good. good. I'm done. Yeah, I would I would say Joe Joe Jonas. Most he also has like in a couple songs like a good like. Like, like grunt thing. Spin the wheel, Nina. (laughs) Spin the wheel. I feel like I'm going to get eliminated. She is going to get eliminated. All right. Question number three. Uh, If you could live anywhere outside the U.S., where would you live and why? Outside the U.S.? Yeah. Is this like realistic or in a dream world? No, in both. Okay. Realistic, I would say London. Yeah. I love London. Yeah. I think it's great. Similar to New York, but cleaner. Right. People are nicer. A lot nicer. A lot nicer. A lot nicer, yeah. They've got good shops. They've yeah. got good Yeah, they've chat. got a lot of good things, yeah. I love... <laughs> you got sound a like a golf announcer. <laughs> like, specifically that type of British. <laughs> Which is not what I expected. <laughs> All right, Tiger Woods is stepping up to the mound. He's got one shot. He's got one shot. Let's see if he can make it. It's a close one. It's a close one. He's going to have to get his five yeah, iron. He's going to have to use his five iron. Oh, look, his caddy is telling him something. Looks like wind. Wind in the northeast. London. London. I just love it. I lived there... Um, for like seven months during college yeah. and just really enjoyed it. They have good food, not, not London food, but London <laughs> in general has good food to specify. I'm sorry. The British have shit food, but London is great food. You mean you don't like a very decent English breakfast? No. <laughs> oh, I love an English breakfast. With like beans? I love a bacon botty. Mm. Do you know what that is? Mm-mm. So a bacon butty is two pieces of white bread that oh. have butter or mayonnaise and then bacon in between. Oh, it sounds lovely. Yeah, Honestly, that's that it. That's really a bacon good. butty. I like that. Yeah. I also like that they go to tea. I like that they've got, you know, men with British accents. You like us? Are you a sucker for a men with an accent? I am. That's why I watch Love Island. 
it's like inspirational. Love, have- I- Love Island UK. Oh. Not the US. Ooh, ooh, no. Wait, are British men like romantic? They can be. Okay. They can be on Love Island. <laughs> <laughs> My standards are sky high. Sky high. She's <laughs> she's ready for love, everybody. Uh, ready for love. Nina, thank you so much for coming on Oh Oscar. Where can everyone find you? You can find me on Instagram yep. at Nina Barnett yep. and then on TikTok at Needs Barnett. Okay. And yeah. Your Buy Me Dinner show yes. is September... September 22nd and it's going to be so much fun. Fabulous. I love that. I'm excited that uh, it's definitely a fabulous show for all of our listeners that are in the New York State Tri area. Definitely check it out. You can find all the info on Nina's Instagram page at Nina Barnett. And also make sure that you go and check out What the Fuck's Up podcast Mm -hmm. that she co-hosts with... Caitlin Kelly. Caitlin Kelly, who's... You both are just absolutely amazing, by the way. So uh, thank you all for listening. I hope you have an absolutely wonderful weekend. And just remember to stay safe. Bye. Bye.